0: in your head is shameless by definition and that will make you shame even harder the exactly. individuals that you encounter or who fall in your path and then that will make it harder for them to get help yeah it's like what what they really need
1: is more shame from me
0: yes and yeah he's telling the story where basically like the more drugs he does the more popular he gets and yeah. he's so speedy that he's forgetting to eat and he's like down to 125 pounds he's just this like skinny constantly intoxicated guy and just like i don't i've met some of those guys i I don't they're not popular with me yeah and then of course he becomes a pusher he's pushing drugs he's making big time deals for dean armstrong the guy who got him hooked on marijuana Mm -hmm. he's working in a hamburger stand but then he gets fired he's running low on money he writes when i went to dean to get my personal supply he noticed something was wrong Boy, you're really strung out, you know, he said. I've been watching you, and I think you have a lot on the ball. But right now you're so dependent on speed that when you don't get it, you're messed up for a bad dog. You're messed up for a bad dog. That's what the words are. I don't know how to say that. For a bad dog. Anyway, (laughs) that's what greasers say. Okay. I guess you're right, I said. But what can I do about it? Well, I know some people, and I know they would be willing to help you. What could they do for me? What he had said so far did not make much sense. Yeah, it didn't. Look, it's not wise to ask too many questions. I know you'll dig this bunch of guys. And there will be some good-looking chicks. These people are into something a whole lot deeper than anything you've been playing around with. Satan! Satan! How could you tell? It's very subtle. It's
1: either that or Twisted Sister. I don't <laughs> think that exists
0: yet. Or in a Gata DeVita. No, that doesn't exist either. It would be like Chuck Berry. So he's
1: literally proposing like drugs, sex, speed as a gateway drug to Satanism. Like that's the literal text.
0: Right. It's like this guy will come along. He'll notice you've been drinking. He'll give you some unlabeled cigarettes and then he'll start smoking pot and then he'll start doing peyote and eating mescaline and then you'll start doing speed and then you'll start injecting speed and then you'll get really hooked on speed and then you're also going to start being a drug dealer for the guy who first gave you unlabeled cigarettes for free Mm -hmm. and then one day like when you've lost your main job and you're really addicted and you're dealing he's going to be like hey man it seems like you're ready for satan
1: it sort of is an MLM.
0: yeah Except, like, Satan isn't profiting from you selling little makeup palettes, so I don't understand how that part fits in. <laughs> okay. But, then, but that, yeah, I mean, it is the idea that, like, you are going to become a Satanist, and then you will make other little Satanists. Yeah. And I think, you know, the argument is that Satanism is spreading, like, drugs, and that, like, yeah. it's not just sort of a thing that is happening because there are drugs around, and some are really dangerous, right. and some are really not... Drugs are spreading across America because someone is spreading them and it's an agenda. And that person is Satan. Right. So, Mike, you've read Michelle Remembers.
1: Vicariously, yes.
0: What did you learn in that book about what Satanists do? Oh,
1: a lot of rituals, uh, chanting, fires, sacrifice and stuff eaten bugs. It's basically fear
0: factor. Yeah, it's very gross. You get the understanding that if you want to be a Satanist, you have to really enjoy gross things. Yes. So, I don't know if it's because the San Bernardino chapter of Satanism is so different from the Victoria BC one, but this is actually quite different, what Mike Warnke describes.
1: It's almost as if both people were making up their experience with Satanists.
0: (laughs) Hard to say. So, this first page (laughs) is... Quite intense and not in a satanic way, but in a, like, Mike Warnke trying to describe America way. And I'm just going to read it to you. 1965 was a year of new and unsettling events in the world. It was the year of the first spacewalk by the Russians. Led by Dr. Martin Luther King, blacks marched peacefully in Alabama, but other blacks, stirred up by radicals, <laughs> rioted in Watts, parentheses, Los Angeles. Antifa! Run! I feel like the phrase other blacks is like... Ugh.
1: Aged like fucking
0: bread. I mean, I don't think at the time it was looking that great either. Yeah. A massive power blackout crippled the northeastern United States and parts of Canada, which is such a weird thing to say right after talking about civil rights. Yeah. And for the first time in history, a Catholic pope visited the United States with New York welcoming Pope Paul VI. We didn't start the fire.
1: <laughs> I feel like he's getting to the chorus.
0: Here's the chorus. One might see in these events a quickening of the conflict between good and evil, light and darkness, God and Satan. It's like, I'm sorry, what? How are black people part of the conflict between God and Satan? (laughs) The year 1965 overall seemed to be a downward turning point for the entire world. It was about then that the sale of narcotics suddenly accelerated. Okay, people gave heroin to babies in the Civil War, but go off. Yeah. The flower children blossomed from out of nowhere. Restlessness manifested itself in hundreds of thousands of senseless acts all over the planet. Rock music hypnotized, blanked out thinking, and stirred confused youth to defiance of old values and traditions. Evil seemed to be afoot on planet Earth. The fascinating
1: thing about this is that this is actually like identical language to the moral panic stuff that we have now. Yeah. Here's a bunch of events that happened in the world that don't really have anything to do with each other, but I'm just going to cast them as evidence for...